go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 499. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. Who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Will you tease the topic for us today, sweetheart? I sure will. Um, what your therapist is really thinking. Oh my gosh. What your therapist is really thinking. All right. That's interesting to yes. me. A um, few things I just want to push. We have a screening on July 9th at the Bystander Moment. So if you guys are interested, uh, please go to uh, zenparentingradio.com and click on events and sign up. It's free and it's all about um, how do we show up in this world to make it a better world. Healthy masculinity, uh, men, women, boys, girls. I, I checked with the people who did the documentary. 14 years and above is the ideal age. So. Okay. Um, and then one public service announcement. Um, everybody who knows me well knows that my nickname is Thrifty McSaves a lot. And I've been trying to um, get this into the podcast, but I keep forgetting. <clears throat> I went to Dick's Sporting Goods about a month ago to buy a new beanbag set. You know, those board, wooden beanbag things, whatever. Yep. So it, it was the like... The beanbag game. It was really expensive. It was like a hundred... It was a good one. It was a really good... It was like, whatever, professional style. And it, it was, was like made out of wood. 120 bucks or mm-hmm. something like that. I'm like, wow, it's expensive. And then I saw in it that they'll match prices. So on my phone, I have this thing called... Uh, it's a QR reader. You know, it reads the serial numbers. Correct. Mm-hmm. So when I... So I, I, I opened my app. I took a picture of the serial code. And it brings you to Amazon, Google, all these other things. And it basically searched online for all of the different um, stores that sell this exact thing. And I found it for like 40 bucks cheaper. So upon checkout, I showed it to the guy and he knocked out 40 bucks off the price. Oh my gosh. So you What's could, the app? It's it's not about the app. It's about the store. The, so Dick's Sporting Goods does something. They'll match prices. Right. I know that. It's but how do you figure out? It's a QR reader. Okay. So I think if you just go to your store, um, go to your app store and put in QR reader. Got it. But I think there's a lot of different So QR you put readers. in the QR reader, you, you use the QR reader, you put it in, and then you saw everybody who sells it, it says and what Google, the price was. Amazon, eBay, and they won't do it for like, I, you know, somebody selling on the secondary market. It has to be reputable, but this was an Amazon. It was being sold from Amazon, not somebody who was selling it on Amazon. Got it. So, and I think a lot of big box retailers do that, like Home Depot and stuff like that. So if you're cheap like me, it's just a little, a little resource for you guys Frugal. out there. Frugal. So anyways, um, and we're going to bring up some other things, but let's get into the topic. So we just jump in. So the reason I want to talk about this is you and I, many podcasts ago, talked about Lori Godlieb's book, um, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. Okay, so Lori Godlieb's book we is basically about her experience. She's a therapist, and it's about her experience going to therapy. Okay. Okay. Therapist going to therapy. And we talked about her book in regards to not so much about that issue, um, we were talking about how she parented. We we brought up some parenting things, and we talked a little bit about going to a therapist, but we we, t- we talked about it right when it came out. So it was right after spring break. Mm-hmm. Um, it was right after we were in Florida, and, and you and I did a show about it. But the reason I'm bringing this back up again is because I can't tell you how many people I see carrying this book around. Mm. Like women that I know, friends of mine, or people I don't know, I see them with this book. Um, maybe you should talk to someone. And so a few people I have said, tell me why you're so interested in this book. And they have said, because... I'm so curious about what my therapist thinks about me. And this is a therapist talking about her experience in therapy. And so I wanted you and I, from our perspective, to talk about, because you're a coach and you work with men and I'm a therapist and I work with women and I also coach. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of a, you know, it depends on what the situation is. Um, But I wanted to kind of talk about our experience with this of being, um, we have also been clients ourselves. I have had therapists and you have had therapists. And so we've been on both sides of this coin too. So I wanted to kind of talk about the experience of being the person that's listening. Mm. Okay. And so there's some questions like some question. I'm actually just taking some of these questions out of Oprah magazine because Lori Godley was interviewed um, for, let me see which, which 
uh, Oprah is this. So one more Oprah's wearing sunglasses on the cover. She isn't. She's wearing a beautiful sweater and she has glasses. How can I not find the, the date? I think it must be July. Okay. okay, the July issue. And they basically interview her. And these are some of the questions that they ask her. Um, okay. So the first one, do patients ever bore you? Mm, interesting. Okay, so I'm going to give kind of, I'm not going to read directly from here, but a summary of what she says and then share. Maybe yeah. you could share your sure. feedback too. So do patients ever bore you? And and mm. what she basically says is I'm not expected I, I'm not expecting for my patients to entertain me. Sure. Like I, I don't wait for someone to come in so I can be entertained. That's not my job. Um, and she comments on something that I think is very true too. As a therapist myself, I'm never, it's not about being bored or not bored. That's not the goal of a therapy session, but therapy sessions for me are more challenging when my client is lying. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yep. Have you had this experience as a coach? Well, I, I want to maybe just help you clarify. So lying or withholding or both, or is lying a lot worse than both. withholding? So lying is such a yucky word. Yeah. I can understand why that makes you go, ugh. What I mean is I'm going to say withholding is a much better word because the word lying sounds like I'm... Your client is is actively trying to deceive you. Uh, well, deceive's a hard word too. I don't like that word. When my client is coming in trying to convince me about something that is obviously not true. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know if lying or deceit work in this okay. situation. It's when they come in and they are actively explaining to me and rationalizing why using their own behavior correct and and why it's not that i'm mad at them that's part of the process yeah. like we all kind of rationalize our behavior it's not that now i'm bored with you let me be clear but what it is is that what the goal of this safe space or this safe place between you and i is for you to be able to talk through sure. in the most honest way possible not necessarily so I can give you advice, mm -hmm. but so you can say it out loud in a way that we can actually work with something. For sure. Because when I have clients come back to me and consistently rationalize things, yeah. situations, behavior, we can't do anything. No. Like, and they can come back and continue to do that. And I, I will never be quote unquote bored, but this makes a session very challenging as far as we can't, I can't really help you yeah. in the way that I would like to, because we're still trying to even, the story you're trying to share isn't really the real story. Does yeah, that make sense? It totally does. And in my coaching sessions with the guys that I'm with, um, I, uh, early on, I'm like, listen, I, if I'm ever going to make a mistake, it's going to be a mistake on the side of supporting and, and helping right. you. But I also know that there's times when I need to hold, I always use this phrase, hold a mirror up to you right. and have you look at yourself a little bit more from, you know, because think about it, when you're by yourself and you're not looking in the mirror, you're just seeing the world through your own eyes. But when you have a mirror, you have something being reflected back. So I feel like as a coach, my job is to help you see yourself objectively, which means taking responsibility for everything you're doing. And I'll tell you one quick story. I was on a session with a guy last week and he, it was an early session. I think it was our first or our second session. And he shared something uh, about his experience with his wife and one of his coworkers. And it was, um, he kind of shared an uglier side of himself, mm. a shadowy side of himself. And I said, listen, dude, I just want you to know that I love the fact that you just showed me your ugly side because that's the only way we're going to get anywhere in these sessions. If you're trying to convince me how good of a person you are, that's we're not right. going to get very far. Right. I would, I said, I have a shadow. I have an ugly side. I'm always like throwing my own uh, experience into the session saying, listen, there's certain ugly things that I say or share or believe or make up. And I don't say what they are, but I'm like, dude, I'm right there with you. And if we're going to get anywhere, honesty, not with me, but with yourself. That's the thing. Beautiful, Todd. Thank you. I don't need people to come in and be like, be honest with me because I deserve it. Yes. It's not about me. Yeah. It is about, we can't. So here's the difference in my process. And I hope this makes sense um, because this is really what happens. So when people come and sit down in front of me and tell me a story, 
when they are sharing from their heart in the best way they know how. They may not have the perfect words, but they're doing their best to share something in the most authentic way. I start to see pictures Mm -hmm. and things start to thread together Mm -hmm. for me where I see uh, um, pictures of what they're saying and and I can see how things fit together. And that's the best way that I can help you. And and I don't know what that's called. It doesn't really matter. It's just the way that Your I brain. see it. Yeah, right. And I usually start by saying to someone, here's the picture I see. Yeah. And then it start, it's more like an intuitive process. But when someone comes in and tells me things that aren't true, I can't see any pictures. And, and it's not like you're, ju- yeah, you can't see any pictures and you're not judging them. No, no. But if you're going to help them, the way you see these things is in pictures. And if you have this intuition where they're just kind of either BSing their way through Correct. something, no pictures pop up. And that's and how no, I. Right. If no pictures pop up, you don't have the, uh, the tool. Your toolbox isn't there. Exactly, and I can talk you through. I can do traditional Western therapy and talk you through what you're saying. Meaning, I don't feel stuck as a therapist. Yeah. I'm not like you're making my job hard. It's not that. It's just I can tell because I can't see any threads. Yeah. Like I call them threads because usually in a session I can see how things fit together. That hit you here. So mm-hmm. this came in and then you start to see, I I start to see how it's fitting together and it makes sense. Yeah. And it's, we don't solve it all. Right. It just starts to make sense. And when someone is rationalizing and like, especially when they're throwing under pe- other people under the bus the whole time, I can hear you. And I can talk it through with you, but I don't see a picture. Mm-hmm. And so that's always, like you said, it's my indicator yeah. of, but I don't say to them, like, stop lying or yeah. anything. What I say is let's work through, because in some ways that might be surfacy material we need to get through. Yeah. Like sometimes people just need to air their grievances. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Sometimes I do that, like, you know, in a therapist's office where I'm like, I need to say a bunch of things mm-hmm. just to get it off my chest, but it's not necessarily the deep, dark stuff yet. Well, and I don't know if this is going to land, but you've been doing therapy, oh, maybe 20 years longer than I have. I, mm-hmm. I'm just making that number up, but you are a much more experienced therapist than I am. But um, I sometimes worry and is... I don't know if that's the word, but if somebody just emotionally vomits, Mm -hmm. which I think is a healthy thing to do, you're like creating space, you're releasing, but if it's an hour session and they're going and going on for a half an hour of the session, just kind of letting the stuff out, I feel like I'm not serving them. So you and I have both had experiences with this. So explain what you do when that happens. I cut them off with love and I say, where are you? And the foundation of my teaching is above and below the line. Like, are you above the line is you're open, you're curious, you're, you're, everything happens for a reason. You're here to learn something below the line means you're closed, you're defensive, you want to be right. You're filled with ego, all that stuff. Um, I would cut them off after five or 10 minutes and say, where are you? Like check in with yourself. And then we go into the drama triangle and things like that. So I'm much more formulaic than you are. Well, but that's really good language. Where are you? Because sometimes someone can get lost in their story. Look at yourself. And usually for me, part of the reason, because I I get a lot of emails of people wanting to do online sessions Mm -hmm. and I know you do this. Um, And I used to be a parent coach um, and I would coach over the phone. But because of the way that I experience people, I'm much better in person. I I feel like the, um, first of all, I enjoy it more. Second of all, it's, I can read people better that way. It's more impactful. It's more effective. And then they can see my body language because I move Mm -hmm. when someone is telling, like I can sit and listen forever. I love to listen to people, but only if we are getting somewhere. I feel like the listening is like, if, if you just need somebody to listen to you, um, that's what good friends are for. Mm-hmm. But if you are paying somebody, I think it's a disservice for me as a coach to let you take up half hour, half of the hour session just emotionally vomiting. And there I disagree with okay. you because I, now you're a coach yes. and coaching and therapy is a little different. Uh, yeah, mine's more future oriented. Let's, let's find out where you want to go. Let's give you a roadmap to get there. And therapy is something different. Yeah, because sometimes I know, because I see women. Sure. And sometimes women need to share their story in full so they can see the threads themselves. Sure. It's, they don't come to me and say, give me advice. I yeah. mean, you know, obviously I share and help sure. and support, but a lot of times they just need a place to share their story because women... 
oftentimes feel the need to make sure they hear everybody else. And sometimes they don't have a safe space to go in and say, I'm just going to talk and say all this out loud. And the more I do that, I can see my story clearly. Mm -hmm. So you're right. We can do that with friends, but sometimes we withhold from friends, even from our own mother or our best friend, because there are parts of the story, like you said, that are ugly. So I think I do. You're I don't think you're wrong because I think when men come to you, they're like, how do I get to this next place? Where I think sometimes people come to me just to see their story. Yeah. You know? I hear that. Yeah. So you ready for the next question or do you have more? No, no, you're good. Okay. So are there, the next question is, are there patients you just don't like? No. Um, I've had, um, first of all, I don't have that many clients. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe I've seen three dozen in the last two Mm -hmm. years. And I love them all because it's it, it, they're guys that are trying to be the best version of yes. themselves. So I already honor that. Yes. There have been a few guys in my men's group that I'm like, oh, I, I don't know if I'd want to spend a whole lot of one-on-one time. But those guys are really exceptional. Yeah. I would say 95% of the guys that I have ever had in a men's group, mm-hmm. I love. Well, and even that, you know, because we've talked through that before, is that even the guys you don't want to spend one-on-one time with, you're glad you're, they're in the tribe For because sure. they bring something that yep. maybe nobody else is bringing. And I also know that if somebody annoys me, there's a piece of me right. that is projecting onto that guy. Right. Uh, so. Well, and I agree with you. I have I have never had clients for, I mean, and some of my clients, I used to work with children mm-hmm. more than I worked with um, adults. I have gradually gone back up to adults, but I used to work with kids. Someday you're going to go back to kids, I'll bet. Probably. And I still see fifth graders and eighth graders, but I see them in groups yeah. now and I don't see them individually. But um, I remember... All my, I mean, I don't always remember their name or their full story, but I remember all my clients. Like sure. we, there are some that are so dear to my heart and I just wonder how they're doing. You know, I don't, I'm not in touch with them anymore, obviously, because I was seeing them when I was 30 or whatever. But um, everybody who comes, just like you said, Todd, if they're coming into a space for support, I, I love you. Yes. And I mean that not in the romantic way. I mean that like, I'm going to love you. That's right. Because you're here. And even if you are, and again, I'm, I, I'm totally retracting that word I initially used, which was lying. Mm-hmm. Even if you are initially saying things that even, aren't true. Even that's part of the process. Even that's part of it. And so I really am so grateful, even if you don't stay with me, even if you have one session, because I don't do traditional therapy anymore. I just see people like once or once a month or once every you know six months. Uh, usually the people I see already have a therapist yeah. and they're coming to me for more like a deep dive into something. Mm-hmm. So I, so I may just see you once, mm-hmm. but that's a wonderful, you know, we had an experience, you know? No doubt. Love it. So that's great. So so next question is, what are you like outside the office? So basically what that means is this is kind of an interesting one for you and I because of where our clients come from. But mm-hmm. what are you like if someone runs into you? Um, I First of all, I don't have that many clients, uh, or at least not as many as you do. Well, and you also don't have as many people here because you do virtual work. Right. I do a lot of yeah. virtual stuff. Um, and maybe we'll talk about the differences between virtual and face-to-face. But um, I would love to say that I'm, you know, this reminds me of Terry Real, who's one of my favorite, um, whatever, therapists. He lives out in Boston. He just has such a healthy version of masculinity that I'm attracted towards. But he said, um, he taught me, your client is neither above you or below you. Your client is on the same level as you. And I feel like I come to the session, sessions with my guys as their peers. Like when they share something that's kind of hard or challenging, I will relate to them and I might share a story of my own. And I know that, I think that's against the the traditional therapist model. Well, right, but yours is a coaching right, model. Right, I'm a coach. I'm a coach, right. but I. But isn't that the correct? Way? Like the what I learned in, um, you know, when I was in school was besides having your uh, license on the wall, right. you need to have your license to demonstrate your license in the state. You shouldn't have pictures of your family. That you should have a pretty like vanilla, vanilla neutral, office. Yeah, and a lot of people share office space, so they never, you know, they just make it a place with a couch and a chair. Mm. Now, in no way am I saying that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. there's a reason for that, especially people who see client after client after client. Sure, you know, you kind of want to have a blanks, you know, a, yeah. 
pretty much open space for everybody. Sure. But for me, even when at the beginning that never worked for me because I sometimes feel like a story, even if it's not about me, if it's about other people, it, it's, I, I, it helps to be myself fully. I will, and I would say, you know, the whole j- purpose of this article is the relationship between client and coach or therapist or whatever if I am in therapy or if I'm being coached, I want the person to not be above me or below me. And I would want, like, you kind of, I feel like, and tell me what you think, the way I coach is the way I would want to be coached. Mm, very good. Well, I think that's all, what we all do, right? I don't know. I may, Maybe some people are different. But for me, I'm like, yeah, I would want my coach or my therapist to be able to connect and relate to some of my stories and tell me some of their stories yeah. because that would normalize whatever I think I'm struggling through. So yeah. I don't know. That's what it would be for me. Well, this is an interesting conversation because something that I've been talking about with some people lately um, who have therapists is that sometimes the therapist talks too much. Mm-hmm. Now, because it's interesting, one of the questions that's coming up is about advice okay. and giving advice. And I know that there is so much that can happen in this experience when you are in a therapy or coaching session is sometimes the coach or therapist doesn't give enough. Sometimes they give too much. And just for a minute, I want to talk about giving too much and that I know I can feel in myself when I've been talking too much. Mm -hmm. Do you have that experience? Absolutely. And I think it happens to me. I mean, I'll be very honest with my, with, with our listeners. I, because I'm newer at this, I've only been doing it a few years. I err on the side of speaking. I think as my coaching practice continues to evolve and grow, I think I'm going to be speaking less and less. But but I think that only comes with experience. And, and trusting the process yes. a little bit because a lot of my clients are therapists, yeah. which is interesting. I like to do therapy with therapists and they understand the process. So they will say to me, I'm just going to talk and share for yeah. a while. Like the, we kind of set the stage so I know that I can just sit back. Like, and listen. Yeah. And, and I do the same thing with when I go see my therapist. I'll say, I just need to say something. I'll, you know, and it's you kind of set the stage. But there are some situations, if you don't have that experience on the other side, meaning you're not a therapist yourself, where you're – you sometimes you're stopped too quickly Mm -hmm. in the middle of a story and you really do want to share more or sometimes your therapist talks too much and you, I've talked to a few of my friends who, um, have said that they like are kind of looking at the clock, like, okay, you're sharing your story. And going back to the therapist having kind of a, you know, keep remaining a blank slate. Sometimes when your therapist shares too much, of their life. It can be really uncomfortable. This whole thing is about balance. It is. Because I also don't want to coach a therapist that simply all they do is ask open-ended questions and listen. That's too far one way. Right. And then the too far the other way is I have had friends who have left therapists because the therapist is talking about their divorce mm-hmm. or their situation with, you know, their most latest diagnosis, or they're talking about their depression. And when you're going in to see a therapist, it's okay for them to share part of their lives, but you're not there to be your therapist therapist. Right. And so there has to be this balance in between. And sometimes that can be discussed. Yeah. Um, with me, you can always discuss it. Meaning if there is a sense of, um, you know, I just need to talk more. Well, like I like you letting me know what you need. Well, and even with this, there's a balance, but what I was, what I, what I believe is that I encourage my clients, my guy clients, to tell me what they need. I said, are you in a place where you want to be challenged? Or right. there, are you in a place where you want to be supported? And some guys are like, dude, just challenge me. Just just hold up a mirror and challenge me, and I'll do that. And there's other guys like, no, dude, you know, I just need somebody to listen because I try to talk and my wife or my kids don't listen, and that's fine too. And then there's most other clients who be like, it just depends on the day. Right. It depends on the situation. And sometimes, you know, I am much more, like you said, uh, I think you said this before about sometimes you use more of a formula. Yeah. Like you're like, this is kind of the path I'm going to use. And in coaching, there usually is. Like I used, I learned when I, I also studied to become a coach and I did 
learn a formula. Yeah. Like on this call, we're going to do this, a model, better word. Um, but as a therapist, I'm, everything is a lot more intuitive yeah. and that for me at least. Um, and I, even though, yes, I know all the theories and I know all the, you know, people sometimes ask me what my favorite theory is. I'm like, like you said, what's the mm-hmm. day? Yeah. Who's the client? Like there are so many different things. And eventually when you've been doing it long enough or you've been studying it, it all blends and especially if you've been studying a lot of Western theory and Eastern theory, you don't know what you're using. You just know that you're in that moment with that person and that you can kind of feel what they need. And sometimes, but even that's not a hundred percent because I'm sure some clients could say, well, you kind of talked a lot yeah. when I really, or vice versa. I came in for a little more resources and references and you just listened a lot. Like mm-hmm. we're never going to get this perfect, no. but what helps in a in this dynamic is can we talk about this? Yeah. Like I like that you ask your clients, what do you want today? Yeah, and then I would encourage the clients to to own it. And what I mean by that is take control of your session. And that kind of even makes me feel a little like not so great because it's like, you know, it's a dance. There's a dance. There is a dance between client and coach or client and therapist. You don't can you don't take control of the coach or therapist. Right. But right. but own what it is that you're looking for today. And sometimes you're like, I don't know. And that's fine too. But if you're like, you know what, today I just want to be heard or I wanna just get this out and don't interrupt me. I would like I would like a client to tell me that. Now if I do feel like they're just kind of going off the deep rambling, end, right. rambling, then I'll nudge them or remind them or invite mm-hmm. them to say, okay, so where are you at this moment? So. Well, and that's why we're doing what we're doing because we have knowledge and we have a skill in this area. So mm-hmm. it's not that the client comes in and dictates everything, yeah. but there can be a sense of what I'm looking for today or the mood I'm in, like even in women's circle, which is not one-on-one therapy by any means, it's group work. But, you know, there are some women who are like, I just want to listen today. And then there are some women, I I really actually in my women's circle want to get better at making sure that the women who are there to speak get to speak. Because sometimes we have so many that I don't feel like all the women get the same amount of time. And, and, And some great suggestions have been given to me by the women on how to do that. So I just need to incorporate that more. So group Group work is a whole nother thing. So next, do you want to do our- Yes. yes uh, our partner of the week is Wellcome. We've been talking about them for about three weeks. Um, if your kid comes home with lice, um, it's all about the comb. We used to think it was about pesticides or certain things you do, but the comb is the most important part and that's where you get it from. Um, and some people think of lice as just being a school year thing. But during the summer, you know, camps and everything else. And sleepovers. Sleepovers. And I was going to say, going back to the beginning of before before you grab the welcome, yeah. take a deep breath. Yeah. You can do this. Yes. And the welcome <laughs> will help. That's right. It's a <laughs> it's a tool in your toolbox. Six to 12 million people in the U.S. have life lice infest, infestation. Of course. It's a lot of... That's a lot of people. And when I say, of course, I don't mean like, yes, it's so normal. I just mean like, this is something that most parents have to deal with at one point or another, and it's manageable. Mm -hmm. Just breathe and don't freak. Children ages three to 11 are most commonly afflicted. Makes sense. A lot of, what are they they doing? Rubbing their heads together? Well, there's a lot more like, you know, maybe like- uh, Sharing hats. I was going to say sharing hats and a lot more closeness. Yeah. Like, isn't that kind of sad? We yeah. could do something about that. So go to wellcomb.com to find out more, and or you can go to your local Dollar General to purchase your uh, lice and knit removal kit, which includes the Wellcomb. So thank you. All right, next question. All right, so this next question we kind of talked about already a little bit, but you may want to add more. Okay. The question is, is why, if a client said, why don't you give advice? Mm. Why won't you give advice? Mm. First of all, it was it's the assumption that I that I don't give advice and sometimes I do give right, advice, right? Right. right. Um, I think advice is tricky because if anybody's going to do anything that I'm advising, it's for the wrong reason. Right. Like they need to own it. Like I will, like, you know, another thing I say to my guys is if you are coming with the intention to build your relationship, with your, rebuild your relationship with your wife or with your kids or with yourself, and you think it's going to happen in this one-hour session? You're sorely, you're you're sorely mistaken. Um, the work happens in between sessions, and I feel like this session is where we're like, okay, how'd you do? We open this up. Yeah, we yeah. open this up. Mm-hmm. So, but I will sometimes say, well, what about this? Maybe you should try this. But unless they're owning it, then it's not going to go very far. If they're like, oh, I'm going to try that because Todd said to, I don't think it's for the right reason. But sometimes you're stuck, and you just want 
advice. So right. it just depends. Well, on this one, I want to comment on something that Lori Gottlieb says, okay. um, because I think this is really true for um, most therapists. And I think it's true. For, it can be true in coaching too. And so her answer is, you know, why won't you give advice? She says, taped up in my office is the word ultra crebid. Okay. <laughs> crebid Anarianism. It's a, a huge big word. word. Basically, I can't read this word. Okay. But it means the habit of giving opinions and advice on matters outside one's knowledge or competence. Mm. So what that means, it's a reminder to ourselves as professionals that I can help you sort out what you want to sort out, but I can't make your choices. Yeah. So like giving advice, like do you know how many women come to me about their marriages and about, should I stay in this marriage? What's going on, you know, with my spouse or even with their friendships? Should I break up this friendship um, with my children? Should I send them to this school or that school? I'm not going to make that choice. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to yeah. give you advice at which one stuff. to do. I am going to listen to you and hear you and reflect back what you say. I'm going to notice the threads, acknowledge the history, um, point out maybe where something happened in the past, what you're afraid of, but there is no way in hell I'm going to tell you what to do because that is your decision. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. what's right for you. Yeah. What I know is that you know. Yeah. And so my job is to help you get to where you can decide something confidently. Yeah. And I, I was kind of like, I was replacing advice with ideas. Like okay, I'll give you yes. ideas, but sure, sure. no, I'm never going to tell Should I leave my wife? I don't freaking know. <laughs> I don't know. Only you know that. Exactly. Uh, but I could say what is the impact of doing this or not doing that. Like I'll I'll do all that, but I I don't tell my kids what to do. I know. Why would I tell my client what to do? And that's really, you know, it's a good thing for us as um professionals, but also as parents, Todd, you're right, that we have to remember that we don't really, that word that I can't say, ultra-crednarism or whatever, <laughs> that we really don't know. Um what other people need. No. That our job, if we love someone, even just being a best friend is to listen because that's sometimes what we do even as friends. We'll be like, well, if I were you, I would do this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but you don't have my history. You don't know what, what I've experienced. You don't know what it's like to live with this person. I'm trying to think of a moment where I've told anybody, given them my direct advice, mm -hmm. I think you should leave her. Gosh, no. I, I think you should... I don't know. Maybe the the less important it is, the more likely it is I am going to give advice. Like, um, should I work overtime this weekend? All right, maybe I'll weigh in on that. But for sure. the big stuff, forget it. Well, and you know, that's the thing. Is I was just thinking, if if we change it to advice, or we, if we change advice to like, um, here's some ideas. Yeah. Like I do say to my clients, if you're going to figure this out, you do need to sit for five minutes every day. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's advice. Like I'm saying to you, you need to clear some space so you can hear yourself think. Yeah. Like that's another. But that's me saying again to them, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You have to find it within yourself. This is like a, a free therapist tip that I can give to everybody. <laughs> and you've heard it before, but hear me very clearly. You do know what to do. Mm -hmm. Now, you may say, no I, no, I don't, Kathy. I'm confused. There's too many things. Correct. And they need to be sorted through. In no way am I saying chuck everything and just make a, a, a rash decision. But the truth is your body tells you all the time. Your behavior tells you all the time. You just have to get back to hearing what your own answer is. Because we may have an answer, but the reason we don't want to to use it is because we don't want to hurt anybody. Well, and we just talked about this in our last Zen talk and somebody was struggling with something really, really heavy and they didn't know what to do. And I forget what you, you had an idea. And then my idea after your idea was the future self-realization thing. The wise woman. Yeah. The, which, which is an exercise that you'll go through either by listening to something or reading something very specific and they take you out of body and you meet this person, you know, it's, it's a visualization. You meet yourself as an older, older person. person. And this person is going to give you advice on the, the very thing that you're stuck with. And most of the time, in my experiences after doing these visualizations, because I've done them a few times, I do know. Of course. You just have to get outside of your head. And the visualization is a vehicle to get outside of your own head and to 
um, embrace the intuitive nature that each one of us has. And you know, in that talk, in that Zen talk, we also talked about how you can write a letter to yourself. There, were, I one of my suggestions to somebody was about what I learned from Liz Gilbert, which is write a letter to your own fear. Mm -hmm. And you literally say, dear fear, like what's going on here? Yeah. And that process is also like the wise woman process because intuitively there is a knowing. And here's the thing. In Neil Donald Walsh's book, Conversations with God, he does, and he has many versions of his book, meaning he's got more than just one. Yeah. He writes letters to God and asks questions, and God answers. Now, this is where it gets to a place where we don't fully understand. Are we really hearing mm -hmm. from angels, guides, um, God, mm -hmm. whatever word you use? Is it our intuitive self, or are those one and the same? Yeah. Or is like. It doesn't really matter, no, though. There's, you know, people call it many different things. Yeah, some people like I pray and God spoke to me, and that's that's great. And some people say I got quiet and then I knew what to do. Yeah. And who? It doesn't matter. We. That's all semantics. The key is, is that you're taking the time yeah. to figure out from yourself about yourself yeah. because no one knows better about you than you. Yes. So just one more question. There's a bunch here, but I'm just going to give you one more. So, um. Are there things you're thinking but not saying? Sure. There's discernment. Yeah. Absolutely. I have to discern when mm -hmm. I'm working with a guy. Because if I say something that, you know, because I could be like, you know, if a guy's whining and complaining mm -hmm. in my judgment, I could say, dude, stop whining and complaining. But that's not a good idea. So instead I'll say, where do you think you are in this moment, in this in this experience? Right. So yeah, I discern all the time. I don't say everything I'm thinking. Neither do I. And you know what? Sometimes therapy sessions and or uh, sessions with people um, that I have can be tough because I have so much coming into my mind. I feel like inundated with information, mm -hmm. not just what they're saying, but things just pop up, pop up, pop up for me. And not all of them... A, need to be spoken, B, mm -hmm. are helpful, yeah. and C, are are needed now. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's just like what we said before about sometimes it's more about the listening, but ideas come to me constantly as they're talking. And so I have to, your word is really good, discern, like, is this, what's really the primary be thing here? And here's the other kind of tricky balance, because the reason I discern is because I am all about who I'm, the guy I'm talking to. Correct. This is all about You're in him. that person's energy. And the paradox because I want to serve this man. This man paid me X amount of dollars mm -hmm. to help him with whatever it is he's struggling with. So it's all about him. The paradox is I'm I'm working with an organization called Conscious Leadership Group, and one of the founders, his name is Jim Detmer, um, taught me this, and may, you might have to help me kind sure. of process this, but he's like, every coaching session that you do is all about you, the coach. And I think what he meant was you have to get out of your own way. Correct. Because if you want to be the hero to your client that's and good. save them, yes. that's not good. Yes. So this is all about your relationship with yourself as the coach mm -hmm. or as the therapist. Mm -hmm. Because if you can if you can have that awareness, like why would I want to say this? Or yep. why would I not want to say this? Or with what energy do I want to say this? Uh, because it's basically like, you know, check your ego at the door. Like yes. this is all about him. So it's it's paradoxical. You know what, Todd? I love that because this is something that I understand very personally because when I first started doing therapy and I was doing session after session with people, I could do that, but I didn't feel very tapped into people. Yeah. Then I started learning how to tap into people and then I had to stop doing therapy with people. I was starting to get sick. Mm -hmm. So like there was a time and I many friends of mine who are therapists would be like, why don't you have more clients? Like why aren't you, why aren't you like, um, like Shapali would always say that to me. Why aren't you taking more clients? You need to do this. Yeah. And I had to, I couldn't, like, I, I'm literally like, because I get sick and I'm not saying they make me sick, but I didn't know how to keep from getting into their energy and then taking their energy with me. So then I had to work for several years about how to, how to make sure love went back and forth, but not take the negativity and not process their issue through my body, mm -hmm. which I had to figure out how to do. Now I have figured out how to do that. I have my own grounding process. I use oils. I have visualization before you even get in my office. Yeah. And I do that 
it's it's mutual. I do it for me to make sure that I can serve you in the best way and also so I don't get myself sick and also for you so I can do exactly what you just said. Get out of my own way. Mm-hmm. Like I need to like be as clear as I can so I can help this person. Now, what I know I can't do though is what a lot of therapists do is have a client after a client after a client. Yeah. I and, and now when I say that, I don't mean they're doing it wrong. No. They're I just know me. Yeah, you know yourself. And And you know if you did that, you would not be as available to the next person because if you're taking only 10 minutes in between sessions, how can you possibly... And I don't understand how people do that either. Maybe I can build up and grow to that point because some some psychologists, psychiatrists whom we love do that and I'm sure they do it very, very well. Well, and my therapist does that. Like, you know, she'll, she'll have, um, you know, she only does certain days. And so she'll have person after person. I talk at, we've spent one session talking about how she does that. Cause I needed to at least hear, it didn't mean I needed to change what I was doing, yeah. but she has a different And, and I think way. for some, it's a muscle that you can build. But yes. for you, you're like, I don't care how much I build this yes. muscle. I'm still not going to be able to go eight clients in a day over eight hours with a lunch hour in the middle. Mm -hmm. Like it just wouldn't work for it. And a lot of that is my own self-awareness. Like this is not advice I'm giving to people. I know myself. And when I am in a group, I do not take people's energy. The energy is dissipated in such a way that I don't feel, I feel people when they're talking, but I feel like it's a group work Mm -hmm. and I don't take it. And then definitely on Zen Parenting or when we're podcasting, I don't feel sure. other people's stuff. Um, and then, but one-on-one I do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but I don't want to give up one-on-one. So how do I do one-on-one in the best way possible? So one more thing, Todd, sure, before go we go away, because yeah, yeah. this is like a good um, I can ending talk about question. This all day. Okay. Ending question. How do you feel when your client leaves you for another coach or therapist? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. First of all, how do you know? It's when they when they stop scheduling sessions with you. But I think for the guys who I've seen who stop scheduling sessions with me, maybe some of them have gone to somebody else. But mm-hmm. I think most of them are like, I'm fine. I don't need any help in this moment. And when I do need help, I will get the help and I'll call Todd again. But that might be my ego's way of protecting itself. But well, I, I think that's, I think most guys are like, I like Todd, but I'm, the crisis is over and I'll call on him when I need to. And, you know, as I have said on this podcast numerous times, the time to work on yourself is when times are good because when you're just in crisis, you're just in crisis. There's no long term growth that can happen when you're in crisis. In my opinion, if you, the time to work on yourself is when times are good. But And you know, you're right, Todd, because with your situation, you and I have talked through this. Sometimes if a client comes to you and they are dealing with more deep mental wellness issues, mm-hmm. I and I've always recommended to make sure that they're getting therapy sure. alongside their coaching. And sometimes that's the best way that they can go. And even for me, like I said, even though I do sessions with people and I utilize, I am a therapist and I'm licensed, I, I don't see you every week and I can't see you every week. So if you have something going on, that's more like a depression or something that's more in crisis, you have to be seeing a regular therapist because that I cannot help you in that area the way a therapist can. So there have been people that have come to me who I've said, something weekly yeah. is better for you and I can't provide that. Yeah. So they've obviously left. Well, for that your reason. model is differently. You're, yeah. you don't do, <laughs> uh, to my own sometimes challenges, you don't do this to build a business and make money. Mm-mm. You do this because it feels right. And your goal is not to get as many clients as you possibly can. No, it's kind of the opposite. And <laughs> and neither is mine, but mine is certainly more like I want to get more clients. One, because I want to make more money, but two, I want to get better at this. Right. And the way you get better at it is through practice. And three is I believe in this work. Yeah. So I want to share whatever my gifts are right. with as many people as I can. It's beautiful. And, and I also think that, you know, for those of you, let's take it off of you and I, um, let's just talk about leaving therapists for another therapist. That's okay. Like one thing that I know is that therapy is a relationship. And if you are with someone that going to see them makes you either uncomfortable or you dread it and dreading it, you have to even parse out a little bit because you may dread it because like even me, I love the woman that I see. She helps me with my practice. She helps me with my personal life. And sometimes it's hard to go because I know I'm going to cry yeah. and it's going to be painful. You know, I, I know that there's a dread that has nothing to do with her. Yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this person rubs you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. That's not a good therapeutic relationship. No, it's like a, it's like dating. 
Yes. Some people aren't built to be together. Yes. And and but my ego would be like, oh, you went to this guy to get coached instead of me. I, my ego would certainly be upset. Would it? That. Of course. Yeah. My ego would. But my, you would let go. Of course. You wouldn't be like, no, no I'll no. give you a discount. Come to no, me. No, no, I wouldn't do anything like that. And my essence, my true, my heart center, whatever. Um, would be totally fine with it. But right. my ego would be like, I'm not good enough. Right. Well, we're human. Sure. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and, but I really do advise, um, not only people, people who come to see me, I usually give them a referral of someone to go to yeah. that maybe can help them with a situation that's a little more in depth or with their child or whatever it may be, or in their marriage. Um, but I also take, again, taking you and I out of it, when people are coming to me and saying, I need a therapist, I will say, I usually give them more than one name. Sure. And I will say, and if this person doesn't work out, see if you can find someone in their practice or go online and do some research because you want to have someone that you feel comfortable with. And if you, and like, I remember, um, somebody I know really well, I was trying to help her find a therapist and this is a really easygoing person. And she went to two or three people and she's like, I feel like I'm an easygoing person, but I'm not comfortable yet. And I'm like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like it's a pain in the ass to keep looking around, but do it. And she, um, found this therapist who right when she walked in, she knew Mm -hmm. the therapist was kind of a little like, she was like moved a lot like mm-hmm. her and she had a bunch of fidget spinners sitting there and she's like, oh yeah, I play while I listen. And that's what, you know, the person I sent does too. Is yeah. she, And she was like, oh my gosh, we were like of one. Yeah. And she's like, and if I had stopped at the second one thinking it's my fault. Yeah. So in no way am I saying constantly ditch therapists and try and find a better one. What I'm saying is there is a thing to fit. For sure. And, and you don't need to feel like this person is your best friend, nor should they be. Um, but somebody that you're like, I don't, I, this person I can sit across from, I trust them. I get the good feels in my body. So that is, um, that's important for everybody. And again, to close this out, this is the reason I wanted to talk about this is because everybody is reading Lori Gottlieb's book. Um, which have you read the book yet? You know what? I read, no, I, I read part of the book. Like I said, I brought it on spring break and I listened to two podcasts about it. One of them being an extended one on fresh air where Mm -hmm. she spoke about her experience, but I have not read the whole Mm -hmm. book. So I don't really know how the story, like I know the story is about her and she's obviously a therapist and then she has a breakup. So she goes to therapy and it's her experience like you know, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I could relate to her. I know, but I didn't finish the whole thing. So I'm not the best person to go to about the book. So here's the deal. If you're a guy and you want to get coached by me, go to toddadamscoaching.com. If you're a woman and you want to get therapy through Kathy, unfortunately you have to be in Chicago, right? Yeah, Is that yeah, right? Uh-huh. And plus she doesn't do it like recurring. No, and it's not really, even though I'm a therapist, I don't do therapy. What I offer is a session. Yeah. And like I said, it can be um, once a month. It could be um, once every six months. It can just be once. Mm-hmm. You may just say, I just want to talk through this thing. I have a regular therapist, but I want to go deep on this one thing. And I give resources, references, all Sweetie, that. Sweetie, what thing. if somebody in, from some other place, Seattle said, I really just want to do one session I and know. I'm going to a therapist and let's do it via Zoom technology. Would you do it or no? Uh, you know what? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, everything's case by case. That's it's too bad. Well, I know, me. I know it is. And I'm only saying that because I, I don't want to falsely market here. Mm-hmm. No, um, I no, honesty. But I also, if somebody, every, there, everything has a story. So, who, who knows? So, um, Aaron, our marketing person that helps us with things, she, uh, I don't know if it was her or maybe Millie that coined Team Zen as group therapy. I don't know if we necessarily think that that's what Team Zen mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, oh, I don't want to do any one-on-one sessions with anybody, but you like you know, the energy that Kathy and I help create, um, we do this thing called Team Zen. So this is my plug for it. We do two Zen talks a month and a whole a Facebook community and a whole bunch of other things. So if you're interested in that, go to our website and check out Team Zen. You know, instead of calling it group therapy, even though I appreciate what they're saying, I would call it group work mm-hmm. because we focus on a topic and we're all kind of in it together. But there also is some individual, even though I would never say it's ther- therapy, we answer questions, oh, we one-on-one. offer resources, we give one-on-one feedback. So um, it's a little bit of both. Well, and this is just one example. I got permission from this Team Zen person to be able to play a portion of oh, her question. Okay. Um, and she has a kid with uh, that is differently wired. Mm-hmm. And this is just a quick snippet of her question. At the same time, um, and my marriage is, has fallen apart, you know, and is done. And so that resentment piece doesn't go away. 
And I've gotten a lot of help for it and I continue to receive the help. But trying to co-parent in that respect Mm -hmm. when someone isn't well, if you will, you know, someone is struggling with current addiction Mm -hmm. um, and doesn't take any kind of criticism. And I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but I would guess that my ex-husband is died, could be easily diagnosed with like full on narcissism. And she goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then we discuss it. And we discuss it. And, you know, Todd and I give um, some feedback as far as what she's doing well, um, some ideas, some books, some resources, some conversation. And then other people in Team Zen say, here's what I did. Yeah. And I, and even though, I mean, I think... That's my favorite part. Me too. And I think what you and I offer is always helpful. It's just like Zen parenting, you know, it's the same kind of stuff. But it really, like, especially the parents that we have on Team Zen who have little kids, mm-hmm. they're really helpful to each other because sometimes when a Team Zen member is like, my kid's not sleeping, they're two. Well, my youngest is 11. So I do have some input, but someone else who has a two-year-old has better input right now than I do. And it's also, we're very, Team Zen, we're all very different. Everyone's from different parts of the world, uh, you know, different parts of the United States. Um, So we're not identical, but there is a common thread of a desire to be conscious about our choices, to be self-aware and connect with our kids. So like that's the element that I think is most valuable is even though we have different lives, um, we have a similar goal. So my pitch for Team Zen is we've been doing this for, I don't know, a year and a half. So right now, if you sign up, um, you have 59 Zen Talks that are all kind of timestamped. So you can kind of search through the previous private podcasts and just zero in on whatever questions that you can identify with. So it's just a quick, easy way of getting, of relating to other people that are going through the exact same thing. So think about it this way, join Team Zen and obviously you get all the gifts or the, you know, the perks of being on Team Zen, but it gives you 59 new podcasts for the summer. Yes. (laughs) Like, so if you're like, I want to listen to more Zen parenting. If you join Team Zen, you get access to almost 60 podcasts. And our last partner is that bald headed beauty, Jeremy Kraft. He does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. So if you have a project coming up, please reach out to him and tell him that Todd and Kathy sent you. Uh, Go to avidco.net and his number is 630-956-1800. Anything else, sweetie, before we sign off? I think that's it. Thank you for the conversation. Yeah, that was was fun. I could have done that, you know, basically talking about our own Yeah, well, and you know, you and I, we have to continue learning to be good at what we're doing. You know, that's why therapists have to get recertified and re-up their license. It's why you have to continue learning as a coach. That's our job. Yep. So. That's it. That's it. Have a good week, everybody. Happy summer. Keep trucking. Be good. 500 podcasts next week starring our three kids. Is that next week? Yeah. It's going to be off the hook. Adios. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's a $25 monthly subscription where you'll get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us questions. If you can't join us live, you can still access all Zen talks through the Team Zen private podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page, and get discounts on everything we offer. Our tagline is zero pressure, 100% support. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events, or you can purchase one of my three books. What about my book, sweetie? Just my books. I want to tell you about an exciting weekend workshop we have coming up on October 25th through the 27th at the Majestic 1440 Multiversity, nestled in the California Redwoods near Santa Cruz. For more details, send me an email at todd at zenparentingradio.com. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us link on our homepage. It doesn't cost you anything, but Kathy and I get a small commission from Amazon. And don't forget to put next year's ZPR conference on your calendar. It's February 28th and 29th, 2020. Leap into the new year with us. That's right. Leap, sweetie. Uh, And guys, don't forget, I have a one-on-one coaching practice. It's called Coaching for Guys. Uh, So we talk about work-life balance, deepening relationships with loved ones. We can talk in person, by phone, or FaceTime. You get to choose. First session's free. For more information, go to toddadamscoaching.com. And don't forget about the Tribe Men's Group. We're finally reaching out beyond Chicago and are going to have some opportunities virtually. So head on over to tribemensgroup.org. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. And I'd like to give special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft from Avid Company. 
painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. He's a bald-headed beauty, and he can be found on the internet at avidco.net. And lastly, just thanks to all you listeners for listening and keeping us going after all these years. Cannot say thank you enough, and uh, keep trucking. Adios. Adios.